Well, we are going to, con to continue in our series, Anxious for Nothing. I believe this is part five. So let's look at Philippians 4, verse 6. We've been starting here. Philippians 4, verse 6. Verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything bring it to the Lord. It says, By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to Him, to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 6, the beginning of verse 6 in the Amplified Classic says, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Don't fret or have any anxiety about anything. In the contemporary English version, it says, Don't worry about anything. So we've been uh, covering the, the different aspects of this. Not worrying, anxiety fretting. It's all the same thing. It's all variations of fear. And so we can't recap everything that we've covered in the previous messages. Those are up online. I, I encourage you, go back, listen to those if you haven't already, because they, we don't cover the same things in every message. I encourage you, you know, if something particularly ministers to you, print out the scriptures. Go over them. Look at God's Word. That's what's going to uh, enlighten you. It's gonna, what's going to build you up and help you. Philippians 4, verse 8, then, it says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. That's a long list. Let's look at it in the Amplified Classic. It says, for the rest, brethren, whatever is true, telling us what to think on, what to, to keep our minds on, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence, is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things, fix your mind on them. Fix your minds on them. What? All these things he just said. Things that meet these qualifications is what we as Christians are supposed to be thinking on, focusing on. The last part of, of verse 8 in the Passion Translation, it says, Fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. Fasten your thoughts, fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. In the CEV, the last part of verse 8 says, Don't ever stop thinking about what is truly worthwhile and worthy of praise. Don't ever stop thinking about what is truly worthwhile and worthy of praise. So you see the thought here. It's, Fixing your mind, meditating, fastening your thoughts. Never stop thinking about these things that meet this, these criteria, things that are true, 
and of God, essentially. And you say, well, how can I never stop? How could I do what it says? Never stop thinking or fix my mind or, or meditating. Well, we are always thinking about something. Always. There is something going through our minds. There is something maybe in the back of our minds. That can be good or it can be bad. It depends on what we're focusing on. Worry is just meditation on the wrong thing. Worry, notice, you know, in the first part of the verse, he said, don't worry. And then he says what you should be doing, what we should be doing, what we should be focusing on. What we should be focusing on is what God has said in his word and what he has said to us personally by his spirit. We should be reminding ourselves of what his word says. See, there is a lot that we could be thinking about. A lot of negative things that we could be thinking about. We could always be focusing on something negative, and it doesn't matter if actually everything were going really well. We could still find something negative to focus on. But especially when there's, you know, extra pressure or something, it's easy to focus on the negative and to look at things and to continually have those things going through our head. But the Word is telling us we have to displace those negative things, and replace it with something. It's not just in a vacuum. You know, last week we talked about knowing that God is with us. And if we'll focus, see, that's, we looked at a lot of scriptures concerning that. That focusing on that God is with us and He's in us and He's for us, that's going to displace fear. You can't think of, of being afraid of something. You can't think of, you can't worry about things and think of how big God is and that He's with me and He's for me at the same time. It's impossible. If we're really thinking about how big God is, that He is with me, that He is uh, master of every situation, and if I give Him access, He comes into my life, I cannot think about that and be worried. See, they, we talked about how looking at the fact that God is with us will displace fear. Well, that's, that's the Word. And we need to do, just like that part is the Word, we need to... Focus on whatever the Word has said that would apply to our situation, whatever He has said by His Spirit that would apply to our situation. Those are the things we need to focus on instead of something that would be negative or cause worry or fear. You know, if there's something that God has spoken to us by our heart, you're supposed to be in a certain place. You're supposed to be at a certain job. You're supposed to be working with certain people or, or whatever. When things don't look right, that's when we need to come back to what God has said. God, you told me I'm supposed to do this. You told me I'm supposed to be here. And, and focus on that, not the negative part of it, because that's how we go down. That's how we end up uh, taking our eyes off the Lord, off what He said, and start being led by circumstances. So we, it's a process. It's something that we need to focus on and resist. Anything that is worry or anxiety or fear in any form, we need to push back on it. And one way we do that is by focusing on what God has said. Uh, Proverbs 4, verse 20. Let's look at that. Proverbs 4, 20. Proverbs 4.20, it says, my, my son, give attention to my words. Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. 
Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Verse 20 says, my son, give attention to my words. See, if you're giving attention, let's say you're talking to somebody. We've all been in this situation, especially now we have, you know, phones, we have devices. You're talking to somebody and, you know, your phone goes off to you. You could be tempted to be distracted and start looking who, who texted me, what was that, who's, you know, who's calling me, whatever. Well, at that point, you've taken your attention off them and their words and you're, you're missing something. I mean, we can fool ourselves and think we can multitask, but we can't. All that means is that we're looking at something else. And we're missing something. We may not miss everything, but we're missing something. And so we've taken our attention off the other person. So we can put our attention in two places at that point. Well, it's the same thing when we're talking about God and His words. He's saying here, give attention to my words. That means, you, if by definition, if you're giving attention to His words, you're not looking at something else. You've tuned something else out because you can't, you can't focus on two things at once. None of us can. I mean, like we said, you may be focusing a little bit here and then taking a break, focusing here, back here, but that's not the same as actually focusing on two things. That's alternating between two, and actually that can be very bad if we're looking at God and looking at the situation, looking at God. I'm not talking about ignoring the situation. We have to take care of business. We have to take care of what's in front of us, but that's not focusing and letting it rule us. We can be right in the middle of dealing with the situation, but our meditation is actually on God. People do this all the time in the negative. They're at work, they're in a situation, but actually their meditation is somewhere else. Well, if we can do it in the negative, we can do it in the positive. We can choose to give God our attention. His words we have to look at. Put something else away. It says, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. See, we have to be careful what we let, it, let in. What are we giving our attention to? It is critical. What we give our attention to will determine where our thoughts go. It will determine, you know, what we think on constantly is going to be what gets down into our heart. And it's what we believe. And what we believe is going to determine how we act. But things can get into us by us looking at the wrong inputs. We need to give attention to what the Lord said, godly inputs, and we have to watch about inputs coming in that are going to take our focus off the Word of God. He said, give attention to my words, incline your ear... You know, what's the picture? Incline your ear, you know, leaning in, listening. What does God say? There may be a lot of noise, maybe a lot of stuff going on. And in all the noise, focusing and saying, but what does God say? Doesn't mean I'm ignoring this, but I'm blocking out for the sake of what does he say about it? What does he say about the situation? Because certain things coming in, they can cause all kinds of uh, trouble in our mind, we need, then we have to deal with thoughts that we maybe never had to deal with. If we hadn't heard certain inputs, now we got to deal with things and get rid of them. When if we just wouldn't have listened to certain things in the first place, now it doesn't have a chance to rattle around in our head. It said, verse 21, do not let them depart from your eyes. 
Keep them in the midst of your heart. That means focus. Do not let them depart from your eyes. That means you're continually looking at what God said. You're continually coming back to what God said. I encourage you, if there's a certain scripture that applies to a situation that, that is ministered life to you, they're all ministering life, but sometimes the Spirit of God will quicken things to you that applies to what you're dealing with. Put it before you. Uh, put it on your phone. Take a snapshot of it or whatever and look at it continually throughout the day. And if you look back at that, you know, you have a break. Instead of looking something else up, look at the Scripture. Say it to you. Get a fo focus on the Word of God. Then that's what's going through your head. You know, sometimes we get a break and we're like immediately going and checking something else for three minutes. Well, then that not only is that not giving life to us if it's something that's not godly, or I'm, I'm saying not something that's not inputting life. It might be so-called neutral, but it's actually uh, putting stuff that isn't focused on God's Word into us. If we look at that, not only do, are we spending that time, but then it's rattling around in our head for the next hour until we take another break or something. Instead, we could be looking at the Word and now have that rattling around the background in, in, in giving us life. This is, a, this is something we do on purpose. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. That means keeping His Word uh, in your heart. Not something you heard five years ago. Something that is fresh. Something that you've, you've read. The, the Spirit of God, as we go to His Word, I encourage you to do this. When you approach the Word of God, don't just read it. I mean, we've all been there. We've all read, you know, started to read some uh, scripture, or, you know, a, a chapter or whatever, and we find ourselves reading the first three verses like over and over, and we go back and, you know, uh, we, we're not really reading it. We're reading it, then we realize we're not reading it. I encourage you, when we do it, we can do it on purpose. We can go before the Lord and say, Lord, show me. Quicken my eyes, my, the eyes of my understanding. Help me to see when I am reading. And as we do, His Word will minister life to us. And we keep His Word in front of us. It says, verse 22, They are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. What are? His words. Those are life. There are so many words of death right now. Not just physical, but just words of fear and destruction. And they carry, the words carry, thought, feeling, impact. It's a spiritual thing. And they, they open up for good or for bad into our mind. They're, they're a gateway for, for something to impact our life. And so we need to be careful what we're looking at. We need to be careful what we let in because the, His words are life to those who find them. Their health to all their flesh. He said, keep your heart with all diligence. What does that mean? On purpose. Keep it with all diligence. Keep your heart continually. Watch, wait, I don't need to listen to that. I don't need to see that. I need to focus on Him. So many times... When we're, if we feel worn down, if we're starting to feel anxious, it's because we're looking at the wrong thing and, some, and we haven't had enough of the Word in us. And so the, the small things start getting us anxious. Small things start moving us off. It's not the... It's the I mean, pressure could be great. But sometimes it's... it's it's not even the amount of pressure coming from the outside. It's the lack of pressure coming from the inside because we're not built up spiritually. And so 
things are pressing on us, but instead of the pressure coming back out because we are full of the Word, we know who God is, we focused on Him, and this problem that's pushing on us is counteracted by the fact that I know who God is. And then the problem gets crushed. We start to, the, the problem starts to get bigger and bigger. Not because the problem's grown, although it could be real pressure. It's because we're looking at the, we're looking at the problem, but we're not looking at God. And so there's no pressure coming up from the outside. So the, the, the external pressure starts to just, it can strangle you. If we're not looking at God's Word. If we're not looking at what He has said. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. You know, we read in Philippians verse, uh, 4, verse 8, it just said, You think on these things. Meditate. Fasten your mind on them. Think on them all the time. Here it says, Give attention to my words. Incline your, your ear to my sayings. Keep them in front of you. Continually. This is something we do on purpose. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, that means natural, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that, would, that exalts itself against the knowledge of, of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, we've read in these other scriptures, meditate, fasten your mind, think on what He has said, give your attention to God's Word. It's a continual process, continually just doing it over and over. Here, it's saying, uh, verse 5 says, casting down arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Well, the knowledge of God is contained in His Word. His Word is His truth. It, the, uh, the Word, Jesus, is the Word. What He has said to you truly by His Spirit is His Word. And that is the knowledge of God. What you're supposed to be doing in life, if God has specifically called you to a place and He's told you what to do, then His desire for you, we read it in the offering, He, he enjoys the prosperity of His servant. So if He has you in a place, His will is prosperity. The real word there is shalom. It's peace. It's st stability. It's, it's, it's uh, calm in every area. That's his desire. So here, it's saying, cast down any argument or high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Well, the knowledge of God is, he's for you. He's with you. If he's told you to do something, his outcome is success. So we focus back on that. And anything that would say anything to the contrary, we cast down. What does that mean? You take it. Figuratively speaking, in your mind, you throw it to the ground. And it says every thought. You say, can you do that? Well, the Bible told us to. The Bible told us to watch what is coming in and to deal with thoughts that are coming in. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. What does that mean? It's got to meet certain criteria like what we read in Philippians 4.8. To the obedience of Christ. Christ is the Word. It's got to line up with the Word. If there's a thought that doesn't line up with the Word, we need to deal with it. Let's look at this before we go on in a, in a couple other translations. In uh, just verse 5, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, 
in the Amplified Classic. It says, inasmuch as we refute arguments. See, look at the language. This is pushing back. This is, see, thoughts can come into our mind. We, we need, to, we need to, to be selective what comes into our mind, but thoughts can pop into your mind. We need to realize that there's going to be some action on our part. We don't just passively let everything go through our mind as if it's all just innocuous, it's all, it's all fine, whatever, and we can't do anything about it. That's not true. It might come into our mind, then we have a choice. We can do something with it. But look at this language as we read it. In as much as we refute arguments. See, that's effort. That's pushing back. That's, re that's resisting. What do, you, what do you refute or resist? Arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. In other words, anything that would contradict what God has said, we need to refute it. It might sound logical, it might sound right, it might sound like it's been thought out, but if it contradicts what the Word says, we need to refute it. It says, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of, of Christ, who is the Messiah, the Anointed One. We need to take the thoughts, do something with them, lead them away captive. In the NIV, it says, we demolish. I like this one. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We demolish arguments. Anything that would come in against what God has said, that would try to cause fear, that would try to cause anxiety, that would try to cause worry, we need to step up and not passively. Demolish is not a passive word. You know, when we used to build Legos when I was growing up, they were a lot different than they are now. I mean, they didn't have these really fancy pieces. Like half the thing is built for you sometimes already in these certain sets. I'm not knocking Legos. I mean, there's really cool stuff they do now. But I mean, when I was growing up, we had a lot of square pieces, rectangular pieces, different colors. And then we had the spaceship pieces. But they, you know, they had some wings and they had some radars, but there was not a whole lot of variety there either. You had to kind of you had to have a design and make something from it. It just like, you know, the half the thing wasn't already pre-molded like some of the pieces. But I tell you what, we would build things and we would let them sit for a while, but it was always fun to tear them apart, demolish them, rip them apart. And, and you know, sometimes, uh, you know, maybe we'd be messing around with each other and somebody would demolish something that they weren't supposed to demolish and then that's no good. But, you know, we would mess with each other. But uh, that's always fun to demolish something. But that's not passive. You don't just accidentally demolish something. You might mess something up a little bit. But demolish is flattened completely. That's an active term. Demolish. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. That means if it's wrong, if it's not lining up with the filter of God's word, if it doesn't agree with what God has said in His Word, if it doesn't agree with what God has spoken to our, our spirit about our specific job and our, His plan, then we refute it. We take it. We cast it down. We destroy it. We demolish it. What do you demolish it with? With the Word of God, what He has said, because it's truth. Don't take thoughts at face value. 
whenever a thought comes in, what we should be asking is, who said that? Where did it come from? What's the source? Every thought that comes through our mind is not just, well, maybe that's true. Whoa, that's a, whoa, could that happen? Oh my goodness, that's, whoa, and then just go off. We need to stop right there, like what we just read in, in 2 Corinthians, and say, wait a minute, where did this come from? Does this agree with God's word? If it doesn't pass the test, we slam it down. We don't let it in. We don't start thinking about it, because that's exactly what the enemy, we do have an adversary, his name is Satan, will bring thoughts to our, our mind of fear, of destruction, of doubt. Anything that's doubt, discouragement, fear, negative, is the devil. That's a filter. It's Satan. You say, well, it could be true. It could happen. God is not in it if it's destruction. If it's destruction, it might look like that in the natural, but God is not bringing that thought. God is never conquered, and if he's in the situation, how he views it is, we're going over. So we may look at it and say, yeah, we don't deny facts, but we have a higher order of truth, which is God's word. So something comes in, if it's negative, if it's defeat, you can chalk it up, it's the devil. Now he is subtle. He tries to tell you, oh no, that's, that's not the devil. I mean, that's just truth. What are you saying? I mean, that's going to happen. There's no way out of it. This is just look. Look at the circumstance. Feel. And he's a liar. The devil is a known liar. So we cannot take thoughts at face value and act on them. We need to know what the Word of God says, and we need to know that the source of thoughts isn't always God or truth. We need to think on what God has said. God, you can tell a God thought. Because if it's a God thought, it'll bring a smile to your face. It'll bring joy to your heart. It'll uplift you. It'll build faith in you. That's a God thought. You can tell a, a satanic thought, a devilish thought, because it'll make you depressed. Or if you think on it, it'll cause you to be depressed. It'll cause you to be down. It'll cause you to be mopey. It'll cause you to be discouraged. Anything that brings doubt, discouragement, fear, unbelief, it is not of God. And so we need to take those thoughts, we need to slam them to the ground, not passively just let them in, entertain them. Thoughts like, I will live and not die, that's a God thought. I am strong, I'll come up, I'll get through it. I'm strong in the Lord and the power is might. These are scriptures. These are thoughts that God has. We need to counter whatever, anything else that would come against us with thoughts like this. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world is a God thought. That means anything, nothing that comes against me is greater than the God who lives in me. Thanks be to God who always gives me victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's a God thought. Anything that would say you're going down, we have to check it. We have to slam it down and say, no, I'm not going to think on that. Because if it's bringing fear, it is not of him. Now, you know, I have a software background. I, I've, I've uh, been in, worked in the software industry for over 20 years as a software engineer. I managed a team of software engineers for over five years. And um, there's this aspect in systems that you build, in certain types of, of systems, when you have an input into the system, it could be a file, it could be you know, somebody typing in something to interact with it. 
there's this concept of sanitizing what you, you get as input. So in, in other words, you know, it could be on a web browser or something. So there's a field that you're typing in your last name or your address, and that's an input. Well, when you take that in, we need, you, you have to, what we call, sanitize that input. That means check it to make sure it doesn't have anything that shouldn't be there and take it out. Because what happens, and what can happen, is that somebody that's trying to do something malicious can come against your system and where it says, enter your last name, they can enter something that's not their last name, that has nothing to do with the name, and if you just take it at face value and go, well, everybody, every time anybody enters anything into this field, it's a name. If you believe that, and that's how you write your system, you'll take it and you'll just act like it's a name. But the problem is, if you don't check it, somebody could actually enter something that will com completely create destruction inside your system. There is this, there, this is something that's real. If somebody doesn't protect their, their system, they could, somebody on the outside could actually put a command in that. Instead of their last name, they put a command that says, delete all your files. And if you just go ahead on the, and bring in that, that input and go, well, this is always a name, and I'll just do whatever it says and store it here, if you act on it, it can actually blow up your whole system, and you did it. You actually, nobody could actually make you do it, but on, when that input came in, you acted like it, it could never have any harmful effects, like everything was fine, and then you act on it, and actually the command is, instead of a last name, delete everything in the database. And this is what the devil does. He brings a thought, and people are like, oh, I don't know where that came from. I mean, oh man, that could be right. And he doesn't even have to bring it to pass. He is bringing, he can bring something that's totally false, it's not based on truth, but if you take it and start acting like it's true, you can be so full of fear, so full of worry, so full of, of anxiety that you self-destruct and the devil just gave you the thought and he walked away. And you are worried, sick, so fearful, you can't function, and it's because you believed and took that thought at face value, you didn't take it and say, wait a minute. Everything that comes through my mind, it's got to go up against certain criteria. It's got to go up against the Word of God. I'm not going to just take it at face value. I, if it comes in, I'm going to say, wait a minute. Where did that thought come from? That thought's negative. That's not God. And the devil goes, go, no, it's God. You're going, no, I mean, you know, you're doing the best you can, but you're going down. You say, no, God's word says I'm going over. You're a liar. And we need to have a gate there and say, shut up and get out and refute it and demolish that argument and have a line right there that we don't let those thoughts cross. This is how the devil can get a foothold. He gets it in our thoughts. He causes us, he brings a thought and see... You know, Brother Hagin used to say, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop him from making a nest in your hair. You can't stop a thought from coming in, but we better stop it from going any further if it's not God's truth. We need to slam it down and say, no, no, that's not true. Well, you're not, you're not, this is, looks like you're going down. This and this and this is going to happen. No, God is my source. I always, 
He always causes me to triumph. He will supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. I will live and not die. Greater is He who is in me than he who is in the world. He took my infirmities. He bore my sicknesses. Whatever the area is, we need to take it and refute it with the Word of God. We need to counteract it. We need to realize that fear is a spiritual force. Those thoughts can be loaded and push on us to try to get us to get off spiritually. They are not neutral. They're not something that won't have an effect one way or another. That's why we need to be careful what we let in because we could, if we have the attitude, well, it doesn't matter. I mean, I'll take, I, I'm so full of God's word that I'll just be able to ferret through. See, the problem with that is Satan's devious and he has lies. And if we listen to things that aren't based on God's word, they come in and now we have to deal with lies in our head. You can cast them down, but why do you want to have to cast down things that you could have avoided having in the first place? Why open up the door and say, you know, take your bed, put all this junk into my head, and now I have to get it out. So many times if we'll just silence certain things and look at God's word, we'll see our peace level rise, our fear level go down, and our strength grow because we're looking at what, what God has to say. Focus on what he said in his word, what he's told you, and meditate on those things. That means go over it and over it. And if something tries to come in that's off, something that's negative, we throw it down and we push it out. Ephesians 6, verse 10 said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. We are not dealing just with natural, natural aspects of this world. This is a natural world, but there is spiritual behind it. And that's why we need to ask the question, when a thought comes in, who said that? What's the source? Thoughts aren't all just neutral. They're not godly. They can be the enemy trying to undermine your faith, trying to get you to think on something and lead you by fear, lead you by anxiety, try to get you to avoid something if you're trying to avoid something and that's the sole reason you're doing it, instead of being led by God, you're actually being led by fear. And see, Satan wants to get a foothold. And the way he does it, a lot of times, is through thoughts. He'll bring something and if somebody starts to entertain it and think about it and think about it, that's his playground. He, he will deal in the reasoning realm. He'll bring thought after thought, and if you just try to refute it in the natural, with your thinking, he'll, he'll tie you up, because he'll bring, he'll bring a thought, and a thought, and a thought, and if we try to just reason it out, we'll be 
beaten. But if we'll come back with the Word, and the Word, and the Word, and what, the, what God has said, Satan can't deal with that. He, can't, he doesn't have an answer. He'll push back, but he doesn't have an answer. And so we just stay firm and say, no, what God has said will be true. What God has said is going to come and pass in my life. I will focus on what He has said. He is in me, He's for me, and His will for my life will be done. And we declare it. And we with strength refute what? That, anything that would cause anxiety or fear. 2 Timothy 1.7, very familiar verse of Scripture in this context, but look at it. It says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. See, spirit, fear is spiritual. It is, it is a, 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 a spiritual force that's trying to get us out of faith in God, away from what God has said. You can, it is tangible. You can pick up fear in somebody's voice. You can pick up fear when you're talking to somebody. You can pick up fear when people are, are, are uh, relaying what they would consider facts. If there's an element of fear to it, we need to discern that, and we need to shut that down and say, wait a minute, I'm not going to go down that path. I'm not going to listen to that. If he, he has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He has given me. This is something we can refute when there's something that is trying to bring fear. We say, no, I've not been given a spirit of fear. I will not fear. I will not fear. That's refuting fear. That's resisting fear. But I have a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. Satan will say, well, you can't do anything about it. You're scared. You know you're scared. Admit you're scared. Why don't you just give up? And we say, no, I, I have not been given a spirit of fear. No, I've been given a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. I'm not going to take that in and think about that. I'm not going to let that go around in my head. No, I am free from fear. No, I will rely on what God has said in His Word, and I will let my mind meditate on His thoughts. Meditation, fixing our mind, casting down thoughts. God can help us day by day. The strength that we can look to Him for strength, we can look to Him for the ability and the grace to do what He said in His Word to do. Amen.